0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again <laughs> to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Ely. I Alley. am J.P. Mosier. <laughs> oh, scared me there. He e- scared e- me. He came at me. <laughs> so We're going to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. J.P., how are you doing today, man, man?
1: I am doing fantastic. We're in week five of these behind-the-scenes uh, interviews that we're doing um, with some, some people that you may not have been been as have been as familiar with before on some of this this one i was so excited for yeah y'all know my favorite guitarist changes weekly right. like at the time that we landed this interview he was probably my top five at the time i love this guy we're focusing on the instrumentalist uh, known as martin miller today yeah. dude this guy is a guitar icon. Uh, What do you even say? Virtuoso. There we go. I don't even know what to say on this guy. This guy's amazing. And typically, you know, in our episodes we do a meet the band section, a stump the genius, those kind of things. I'm not going to do a meet the band section, but I am going to list the guys that play with him on this because I got to because they're a a unit. Uh, Benny Judd on bass, Marius or Marius Light on keys, uh, Felix Lehrman on drums. You put them together with Martin Miller and you have a powerhouse of magnificence. Um, And we've been waiting for, he's got a new project that's going to be coming out soon hopefully and we've been hanging on to this interview for that project yeah but we've kept it from the world too long that's right we couldn't wait anywhere. we got to get out so we're going to play an older track from 2013 to introduce you guys in case you don't know um rob tell them what song we're playing this is an end in itself
0: by martin miller This is the song of JP's dream. <laughs>
1: it really is. It's all my licks and more <laughs> <laughs> with betterness.
0: I'm going to play a little bit of something else because I want to hear a little bit of the full range of what Martin can do, right? Like, that was all beautiful and melodic and toned for days and and tasteful, but I want to hear him just unzip and – no. But I want to hear him just let it rip, okay? So let's find something so that that you guys can hear him fully go. Surely there's something on while my guitar gently weeps. Good Lord. This is a clip from one of the ultimate guitar jam songs. This is his take of While My Guitar Gently Weeps from the Martin Miller Session Band. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Come on. Martin Miller chops for not just day he's got chops for decades there we go but uses them in such a tasteful way that sometimes it's hard to be able to track down a spot where he's just shredding but sometimes you just want to hear somebody absolutely shred (laughs) uh check out i I tell you to get the full martin miller experience you need to go on youtube right right? like watch his medleys his 80s medley is the greatest thing you'll see today listening to martin miller is one thing but he records he and, and the martin miller session band pretty much record everything on video and you can just watch them do the magic in a room they're doing this stuff live together it's awesome and it is oh, just magical so go check out martin's youtube page um and subscribe to everything that he does because he puts out a lot of new music new singles here and there and tons and tons of covers of your favorite like rock tracks everything from like in the name of love pride by uh you too to like neon by john mayer classic stuff like easy lover and it's all just fantastic the guy can wail on vocally too the guy can really sing yeah um and he brings in fun special guests like paul gilbert random you know just random people here and there guitar legends just stopping in to say hey and cut a quick cover with martin miller so it's awesome we're gonna let him talk about his approach and everything that he uh is kind of into and what makes martin miller tick right now and we'll be back to tuck you in on the other side this is the great song podcast ladies and gentlemen as promised we are here with the virtuoso Martin Miller. Um, I, I Really an honor to talk to you today, Martin. Thank you so much for joining us. We were very excited. You're actually our first uh, like instrumentalist legend uh, that we've gotten to speak with, so uh, we're really excited uh, to, to talk to you today. Thanks so much for joining us.
2: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure.
0: Uh, let's start with, uh, I think a lot of people who know you um, in the last few years are going to know you from uh, from the studio session band and your, and your video hangouts on YouTube. That's probably a way that a great many people have discovered your music. Um, can you tell us about those sessions? What's the process like for getting everything together and arranging these, you know, what's, uh, you know, a massive 30 minute, eighties uh, medley, uh, and getting those things rehearsed and getting the recording done. Walk us through that whole process.
2: All right. So, um, I guess it starts with an idea first. So um, the, 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 the whole, the the way this whole project got started is that I was playing at the Ibanez guitar festival in Germany in 2016. And um, the guys from Ibanez Germany assigned uh, Felix Lehrmann to be my drummer, who I was a huge fan of for many years before we even met. Um, So that was my first chance to play with him. And, they 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 put a bunch of recordings from that show online, and I thought the the playing was really really good. I wasn't too pleased with the sound though, so I asked those guys, "Can you can you just give me the soundboard recordings so I can remix them and, and make them sound better?" But those didn't exist. But I did realize the potential of of us playing together in this format um, through those recordings. So I invited those guys uh, together, and we we gathered in a studio here in town in Leipzig in November, 2016. And, and we just did mostly did, uh, did my original songs at the time. Uh, however, we did do a cover of little wing, which was just like an afterthought. We had two more hours to spend in the studio. Why, why don't we jam a tune? Okay, let's do little wing Benny. Go ahead, sing something. Um, and that, and that kind of, that cover kind of took off. And uh, so I realized there's, there's maybe potential in doing some, Doing some covers with this band so marius our keyboard player just had his studio set up at the time and we went into his studio to do a bunch of covers and i couldn't decide on which pink floyd song to do so i made a medley out of it <laughs> yet again that that one took off so yeah. the medley th- medleys became a thing and nowadays it's really uh it, it, later on we had guests over and all that stuff and nowadays it's really it's just trying to f- to gauge what what our listeners would be potentially interested in and, and and come up with a cool idea. Um so I we did band medleys for the longest time like Queen, Pink Floyd, Genesis, etc. Um and I thought I always had kicked this idea around of doing a themed medley, which was like the, the decades. Yeah. The decades medley. Um, so what I do is I sit down at home and I grab a bunch of recordings. So the, the, the first thing will be research, right? So you type into Google top 180 songs or <laughs> something like that, and you make a short list. And then I probably have a short list of about 20 songs that I'll cut down to to, to nine or so. And then I'll grab a bunch of recordings and throw them together and realize that the medley is 50 minutes long and <laughs> I have to throw another four to five out. So that, that's really the, the, the how the, the, the initial spark and then and then usually what i do i i scour the interlex because the way we orientate ourselves is usually not or not usually oftentimes is not the studio version but some obscure life version with a really cool outro idea or a really cool intro idea or a jam in the middle or something like that and we base those things off of that and i just put together an mp3 with all those tunes and then we have very different approaches to how we memorize this stuff. But by the time I've put this this demo MP3 together, I have the whole thing memorized by ear, anyway, so I <laughs> don't need to write anything out. But Benny, our bass player, is writing stuff out. Felix Lehrmann, our drummer, is he's basically list- He he he'll show up in the studio completely unprepared, and he'll listen. He listened to the recording, the 30-minute recording, the evening before we recorded for the first time, write out oh, a bunch of way. things, and then nail it first take.
1: Wow. Dude, um, that's so cool. Yeah, Felix is yeah. a fantastic drummer. I'm glad that you mentioned that he was the first that you met, because I was going to ask who, how, who you met first and how it all started, so I guess it started with him.
2: Yeah, I've met, I have this. This Mario, our keyboard player, has been has, has – I've known that guy for 18, 19 years now, from – Okay. more than half of my life. And we've been doing music together for ages. And Benny has, is a, is a friend of a friend who I've always looked up to and always wanted to work with. And I just was looking for an opportunity to, to get him over to play something together. And as I said, I was a fan of Felix's for a long, long time before I played with him. So yeah, that, that that whole session thing was basically just an excuse to get get that gang. <laughs> and, 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 and there'll with be
1: them. times throughout this where we just rapid fire things that we love about you and the band <laughs> members. We'll I, I love Felix's restraint; like he's got the chops that he could play all the way through. Um, for our listeners that aren't as familiar with him, just watch the intro that he does on "While My, Guita- My My Guitar Gently Weeps." Yeah, like just the intro shows what he's capable of, but he's very selective in when he uses those moments. Like, That's and that cool. highlights the band amazingly like he could overplay but he doesn't he's got such good restraint as a drummer the
2: little wing intro is insane too (laughs) the little wing intro is 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 absolutely crazy too i still can not i still try to try to the state count that and still he still throws me (laughs) (laughs) so i just i just looked at him really hard trying to find the one when he would go for the so, right,
0: watch that arm go for the symbol. Yeah,
1: yeah. You touched on the medleys. Yeah, yeah exactly. You touched on the the medleys. Um, the police one that you talked about. Toto. Uh, the Pink Floyd one. The Pink mm. Floyd one was in two thousand seventeen. Before you even had your signature model guitar. So that was like. Yeah. That was that was like that was
2: funny. That was that was. There's a little anecdote there. Um, that was recorded. I think two days after Ivanus revealed to me that I'm going to have a signature guitar.
1: Oh wow, that's cool.
2: So it's yeah, kind of a grand literally finale, two days so after that. having
1: your, uh, your axe highlighted.
2: <laughs> and 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 from that same session, we, we also did Carry On Wayward Son, and there I'm playing the prototype for my signature guitar, which is, again, they handed that to me two days prior to the recording.
0: Wow. It
2: just wasn't, at the time, it wasn't perfectly set up, which is why it didn't, you know, it just got over from Japan, and I didn't have a chance to set it up, which is why I went for the Ibanez RG.
0: Okay. So yeah. I was going to ask uh, and this is the perfect time, what what is that process like of of uh, first of all the feeling of getting the phone call, hey, we want to do, you know, the MM1, the MM7. What is the uh, and then what's the process like of, of getting all that just the way you want it, you know, electronically and feel-wise? How, how long does it take? What's what's the process like?
2: Now, they, the guys did a really good job. They actually tricked me. They they told me in person. It was oh. uh, Frankfurt Frankfurt Messen. At the time, and I I drove over, and what they said to me, uh, we were going—I was going to get a prototype of one of their new of their new line of guitars, the Az's.
0: Okay,
2: was nothing about signature guitars, etc. And I I was just—I was uh, with Ibanez for a few years at that time, and we needed to—we need to talk about some contractual details anyway. to extend our work together and et cetera. So I was expecting just to sign a new deal and they, they dragged me into a recording studio and handed me that prototype guitar. And so let's do some videos. So we have something for, for the, so we can document the process of getting these AZ, AZ guitars together. And then the, the artist relationship manager at the time, um, dragged me into a different rooms so and we we're gonna let's let's sign the contract actually we want to we want to add something to your contract where we're going to give you a signature guitar that's awesome like, oh.
1: <laughs> did, did the prototype already have the flame maple top and the mahogany body which is different from the rest of the abenez az series or was that something no that you it was, said, it hey, was I'd a, like to change this
2: it was an alder with a quilt maple okay quilt quilt top and an alder body so really all I wanted to change because the guitar for me was perfect all I wanted to change was the mahogany mm-hmm the, the, the bodywood and, and the aesthetic I, like, I just like flames more than yeah, it looks great so, no, it's, yeah, such a, yeah. <laughs> cute. it's a first
1: it, I guess the first time I discovered you you were playing that guitar on the Isn't She Lovely video with Tom Quayle it was the <laughs> first time I saw it and I was like who is this guy <laughs> it was probably been around early 2018 I guess when it came out yeah and I've been hooked ever since and it's like for our listeners check that one out it's the perfect jazz version <laughs> of this song and then I noticed the MM1 and I was like that's a great looking guitar and then I guess that's when tom plays his uh, tqm one for the first time. is that the first time that he played that
2: um yes uh, so those videos were shot in november 2017 and at okay. the time we weren't allowed to to talk publicly or reveal any of those guitars so nobody at the time knew that tom was even playing ibanez so we okay. had to we had to hold on to those videos for a while before we could release them but Interesting. that was the week we got those guitars
1: and that shows that's the same guitar that that is the most. That's super versatile because you know you're playing super clean there, but it's got all mm-hmm. the shreddableness that you need in your <laughs> other videos too and, yeah, and songs yeah. too. So uh, I love that yeah. guitar so much. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, this one right here. Yeah, yeah so I can, 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 you can see are. it right back
2: <laughs> right there. It looks, <laughs> love there it. it is. And this is this is another one. I have two of them. This is this over here is another one. This one this one's the one that I've been playing for the last two years. Okay. Um, because it's it, the only difference is this one has nine to forty twos on it. This one has. 10 to 46 is okay. on it and I tend to gravitate toward the lighter gauges these days. Okay. Getting uh, old.
1: That's okay. You don't you don't lose any tone quality by going to the nines. It no. sounds good and thick. It's wonderful. It yeah. it
2: sounds it's it, for certain things it sounds better quite honestly. It doesn't sound as good for rhythm playing. Yes, but it sounds in my opinion a little bit better for lead playing, especially distorted well, While we're
1: talking about gear, do you want to talk a little bit about the MM7, the seven string that's coming, the just came out with the Seymour guns? Yeah. And uh, I love it's the design been, philosophy on this. Yeah, oh, it's there it is. Gorgeous for our listeners. I know you're just listening, but we, me and Rob are just oohing and on over these uh, great looking guitar. the The thickness of the neck. Um, I'm sure everybody's expecting a Dream Theater medley now with that. <laughs> but uh.
2: well, I guess say two reasons why that hasn't happened. And one of them being, not, not everybody in the band is a Dream Theater fan. What? <laughs> I'm not going to reveal who. I'm a huge <laughs> fan. Um, Everyone has their preferences. Um, and the second reason, the second, which is the bigger reason, in my opinion, is the second reason is you cannot do much with that music. It's just, yeah. it's set in stone. And I wouldn't know what to do with it. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know, it would with, just be with just the basically. 80s stuff in particular, that stuff was all pro, on drum machines and synthesizers. Or most most of the music was programmed, and now we're like the Depeche Mode stuff, and we're playing that with a band that gives it a unique twist. Yeah. Uh, the same with the with the like the with the Queen stuff, especially the 70s stuff that sounds that that where the sound is is a, is less heavy. We add a lot of heaviness and aggression to that. That that brings that to the new age. Uh, and I wouldn't know what to do with Dream Theater, quite honestly. There's no room for improvisation. There's it's all
1: filled. That's pretty. That's a good. The, point. the a music point. is already
2: very cutting edge sounding. Yeah, that's good. Well, so I love if, what you and
1: Nico did, and enjoyed the silence with the, the guitar harmonization. That was mm-hmm. so good. Um, it helped me go back and rediscover them. I didn't listen and, to them. Yeah, and,
2: and and that those same types of things, I wouldn't know how to apply those ideas to Dream Theater. Which is
0: why it hasn't happened yet. That's great. That's a good point. Never say never.
2: I mean, if if I ever get <laughs> Mike Portnoy to the studio, I might do a guitar <laughs> <or
0: something. laughs> sure. Yeah, things good. are going to happen. <laughs> um, what, so being being the the you know um, we throw around terms like guitar god, you know that kind of thing. But you're definitely in that of of that elite <clears throat> level of guitar player. What does a um, uh, what does your practice routine look like to, to, to get to where you are and then to even, you know, to maintain your, you know, your chops and your ear and all that stuff? What's, what's your practice routine? Yeah.
2: It'll be a bit. Yeah. So are we talking about back in the day or these days? Uh, because those are d- very different Bo. answers. Yes. Yeah. So back in the day, it was just spending a lot of time on the instrument, quite honestly. Like I, I grew up in a small village. I didn't have a driver's license, and I basically had none of my friends from school anywhere nearby. So, I, needless to say, I was bored. But mm-hmm. I did have a big basement with with a cranked amp in it. So I was just really playing guitar all day. I had a good teacher early on. That was very good. A teacher that that focused me on the fundamentals. That I, all I wanted to do was shred, but he kept me focused on <laughs> some That's more good. serious musician skills. That you need to have like your ear. Reading your your rhythmic, rhythmic vocabulary, etc. Um, so he kept me in line, and then in, in, during during college, it was discovering all these kinds of more or the, the, all these more advanced concepts like playing over changes, more in depth functional harmony, playing in different types of ensembles. That was was a lot of that. Was which, which immersed myself in becoming a better musician. And nowadays when I, when I play, it's usually for a purpose. There's always a kind of purpose behind it. It's either to do a recording for somebody or to record my album or to give a lesson or to to make a video or demo or something. There's most of the time there's a purpose to it. And with, uh, I was going to say, When I get a chance to sit down and play guitar just for just for the sake of enjoyment, I usually just try to uh, keep my technique
0: up. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who are your? You've had several, um, you know, guests in with the session band, and that's Uh always a lot of fun to see who might pop in. Uh, Paul Gilbert was one of my favorites. My favorite was Andy
1: Timmons. I love. Still got the blues. The Gary Moore cover. Yeah. Uh.
0: Um, Who? Who's? Who are your dream uh, collaborations at this point? Who are the people that you would love to have come sit in with the session band?
2: Well, my 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 heroes they would be definitely. I would love to have John Petrucci over, sure. And I don't think it would have been that unrealistic hadn't the pandemic happened. Quite honestly, who knows? And there was there was some there was. There was potential there. <laughs> okay.
1: There was communication, is what we're hoping. That's, <laughs> That's right. no, well, well, I'm not, not
2: going to go that far. But there, there were, there were some ideas thrown around. So, hey,
1: here's the hoping. Me and Ra- right. the, um, P- um. Petrucci's at the at the upper echelon yeah. of my my wish list. Yeah. We got asked this question who we would like to have on to interview a few weeks ago by somebody, and Petrucci was in my yeah. Top 30, man. So. Petrucci
2: would be amazing. Steve Morris would be amazing.
0: Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Steve Morris. I would love to have
2: Steve Lukather. I would love to have. Absolutely. Um, uh, so many. <laughs> Mike Stern, I would love to have. Yeah, um, uh, this guy's so many.
1: Oh, that's a good list. I would list. love to have that. that
2: the, the, for like uh, also some something out of the out of the box a little bit. I would love to have the singer from Dirty Loops.
1: Oh, yeah. that's good. I can see that that, that could be, work. Yeah. That would work really well. Yeah, actually, that's, I like that.
2: That's yeah, good. yeah. Joe, I wouldn't be a, a I wouldn't be opposed to Joe Bonamassa. I wouldn't say no sure, to him.
1: Sure. <laughs> you, <laughs> you wouldn't kick him out of the room. <laughs>
2: uh, John Mayer would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um,
1: I do have a question about the yeah. studio room. Since we're talking about that, I noticed here recently um, on your the most recent that, that I've seen you post is the Sunshine of Your Love with with Kirk Fletcher. And I've noticed you've moved to the other side of the studio versus where you used to. You're used to. Uh, oh, good catch. I, yeah. What, what was the reasoning behind that? Is that something that just you wanted a different look, a different feel? Is it better for guests,
2: ear setup? Uh, well, the Please. initial idea was I wanted to uh, – two reasons. First of all, I hurt my ears a little bit last year, and I needed to be a little bit further away from the drum kit. Okay, okay. that makes I, sense. Because I, I did my, – my ear protection didn't arrive in time, so I wanted to be a little further away from the drum kit. But also, we always – my microphone with – because we didn't have Matias, the other singer, with us mm-hmm. on that session. I was doing all the singing, like the 80s medley, the Kirk stuff – it's all me singing, so we want to have the my vocal mic a little bit further away from the drums.
0: Sure, sure, that's, very practical. That
2: is always always a, a drag to filter out those drums from the mics. Yeah. And if anybody ever, has, a lot of people think our stuff isn't our vocals aren't live because there's no drum bleed. There is a ton of drum bleed, but for those in doubt, check out Isotope RX. It has a deep bleed algorithm, and that's how we get the, the drums off. That's awesome. Oh, Off wow. those That's microphones, so cool. but still, the less there is, the better. Um, well, probably, and also, I think visually, it's kills an improvement it on, the,
1: on the Queen me- on the Police Medley. Excuse me, he's he's <laughs> awesome. He's a he's a rock star. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah.
2: The,
0: those those the are great so cool. singer,
2: and also so. Also, I think for for visuals, it's a little bit better. I always found that in that in that one corner, I'm always a little bit isolated from the band. So you rarely ever get a shot of myself with somebody else. That makes so. sense.
1: Yeah, it's normally your moments in the other corner, in the old school corner. Mm. But
2: but now you get. To it's also see for you. film reasons. Yeah,
1: that's yeah. good. Oh, that's good. It's it's smart. It's a smart right. smart. It's, point. it's funny.
2: You you make one change and it changes the entire camera setup. So you, you've probably noticed how the the recent videos look completely different from the others. Yeah, and it's and that's it's. Partly because just because we have to change so many things around as soon as one person shifts their positions.
1: Yeah, very interesting. Uh, we've uh, one question that I'm just dying to ask that I want to make sure I get through before we run out of time on the '80s medley. Benny's not playing his bass pad. Um, he's yeah. like, uh, I was like. That's weird that he's not standing. There. How did did yeah. he forget it or something? Is my first question. <laughs> and number two, have you <laughs> ever played on one? Because we, I have it. I think yeah. it's brilliant. brilliant. Does it idea. make a difference? I would imagine so.
2: Well, first of all, it's it, it's it's that thing you can, you can set up the volume. It's like a, like a super low super low speaker there, right? And depending on how heavy you set it, it's, it's like an earthquake hmm. sending on that thing That's if you awesome. if you want it to be. Wow. It's a, it, it feels really cool and. I wish I would have a really cool answer for this, but he just plain forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> he forgot it at home. That's awesome. But we were already joking. When we, usually we get usually we get the question, "What is the bass player standing on?" Now the new question will be, "Why is the bass player not standing on that <laughs> not thing?" Not standing on. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, and the you know, funny thing is, we we never answer those questions because it's a, it's a meme at this point. <laughs> ah, gotcha. <laughs> we just we just we Let- just. Take enjoyment out of nut telling. <laughs> <what it is.
1: laughs> well we feel special that yeah. we that we know. Yeah. The uh, well those of y'all that don't know Benny, fantastic bass player. I love mm-hmm. his solo on between you and me at like at the off-road studios go to like yeah that was the first session we ever did so good in
2: in leipzig still yeah
1: go so good go for the listeners go listen to minute 115 and it's wonderful and you're no stranger (laughs) to playing with great bass players i mean tom gets banned to be honest is my favorite song on that project i know it's slow starting but i mean you've played with great bass players so that'll put benny in the upper echelon of of i think he's fantastic
2: it's just a complete package of a musician plays great bass produces really well mixes really well sings really well plays acoustic guitar writes does it all that's awesome he's he's a good looking guy too (laughs) (laughs) never hurts (laughs) that that, that helps
0: it never hurts especially when you're on youtube (laughs) that's that's Uh, why
2: me and rob
1: are audio only (laughs) like we we know our role
2: (laughs) we we have a we have a four four percent uh female uh, female audience and the that is probably due to
0: him. So. <laughs> He's the four. Otherwise, no, we'd be at zero. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, what what he are brings the, in the four percent? What are the benefits and challenges of uh, of directing some work to a, a visual medium like YouTube and and just in YouTube in general? You know, as a as an income stream and as a promotional thing. What are the benefits and challenges of of being? a a you know an incredible musician and performer and then adding youtube into the mix of something that you regularly do
2: well the the biggest challenge i face nowadays is to deliver regular content cuz the algorithm is very hungry mm. for for new content and with the type of stuff i do it's just not realistic to to be feeding a new video every week so sure. i try to keep it at one a month and I've been I've been holding pretty true to that promise, um, except when the medley is around the corner. That might take an extra month to just put together. Sure. Um, but other than that, I try to try to get a video out every month. And I even with the lockdown in place, I have enough stuff pre-recorded, fortunately, to oh, that's great be sustaining the project. But that, yeah, that's a big one. So so the, developing a, a certain quantity of content while not compromising quality is a particular challenge for me. And then also, uh, what I find really challenging on YouTube is once you're pigeonholed into a certain category, like live music covers, it's very hard to do something else. Because mm. you have a certain, you, your audience has a certain expectations of, of what they're going to get when they log on to your channel. So whenever I do something like that, like the introduction to my signature guitar, I actually lose a ton of subscribers. Oh, wow. So in a way, I would wish for there to be a way to be a little bit more experimental on my YouTube channel to be doing to be to, to have a bit more freedom and liberty to do things that I that I just feel like doing in the moment but at this point it's become such a such a such a pillar of my career that I can't I got. I got to gauge the risk a little yeah. bit.
1: Well, yeah. I loved the video. I watched the whole thing. <laughs> I, 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 it was wonderful. So you got a you got a fan over here, yeah. and, I, and you don't seem to have suffered too much. You went from two hundred thousand to like four hundred thousand followers in like a year. So yes. that's a that's a pretty yeah.
2: quick quick move. Yeah. It's interesting but for anybody who's out there in, in YouTube land, and they, they they get frustrated that after three year years, nothing's happening. My channel had like. 8,000 subs for the first 10 years and then 16,000 in the 11th year or something like that or 12th year. And then with, I just, I just, um, I just looked back at a video I did in November. I want to say November, 2017 where I'm celebrating 40,000 subscribers. (laughs) So that was, that was, was that. So that was three, a little more than three years ago. And then a year later, I celebrated a hundred thousand. Then a year later, two hundred thousand. Then a year later, four hundred thousand. So That's amazing. It's it, it took it only took. Well, I was in, on YouTube. I did my first upload in two thousand seven. So it only took fourteen years to get there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Patience. That's right. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, persistence.
0: Yeah, there's something to be said. Consi- something to be said for cons- consistency over time what's the what's the phrase they use like a you're you like a a fourteen year overnight youtube success you know uh, <laughs> that kind of thing so. that's
2: that's the kind of thing they said to 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 snarky puppy when they won their first Grammy I think they won the newcomers Grammy
0: uh-huh.
2: and it's like what about those fifteen years we slept on people's couches uh, right. yeah. when that's, we...
0: that's good yeah we're newcomers yeah. to you but we're we've been doing it forever. newcomers to the world <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, how yeah. about? Do you remember the the maybe the first song at your first official like gig, like first band gig you ever played? Uh, do you remember anything about that?
2: I did get my first proper band I was in was was a school band back in the day when I was like. Thirteen years old or something, and what did we? I think we played "All Right Now" by Free. Okay, but Let's I didn't. I did. I, we, I did not play it properly. Right? I played it with power chords, not with the actual slash chords <laughs> sure. I just, I just moved around the power chords to whatever root note there was. It was horrendous. <laughs> oh. And somebody else played the solo. I didn't play the solo.
0: Okay, oh. I couldn't. You yeah. Couldn't. Uh, growing up what uh, what guitar was your was number one on your most wanted list what was the holy grail of guitars for you a, as a kid or as a young player
2: it's, it's an interesting one I was never really drawn towards the instruments too much that that my heroes played too much mm-hmm. like I did I, was, I don't know it's i it just i, I just, one of my earliest guitars was a was a blue RG five hundred and fifty EX with a plexiguard uh, plexiglass pick guard. <laughs> that was a great one. I, of course, you, you dream of the Stephen Morse models and the John Petrucci Ibanez models and all that that stuff. But yeah, That's yeah I was never too crazy. I was never too crazy about gear. To be honest with you, um, that was never. I didn't even understand what when I, when I would lock on to to the Pink Floyd website and I love David Gilmore's tone. Okay, let's see what was he using. And I didn't didn't even understand all those terms. It was like, okay, where's the where's the multi effects unit? Where's the Zoom multi effects unit that right. he's used? Where's the tone coming from? I don't get it. And none of this stuff makes sense.
1: That's a- yeah, that's an important question for us because that's how I met Rob. He was playing a Wolfgang through a 5150, and I was like, I've got to meet that guy. Yeah. He was playing at this conference, yeah. and I was like, I've got to meet – because that was my dream guitar, was the Eddie Van Halen Wolfgang. Through the, and he, I was like, i got to meet the guy that's playing that.
0: My influences were immediately visually apparent by the guitar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. No, it was
2: funny because I was, I was already a Steve Morse fan, but, I, but then my first proper electric guitar was an Epiphone-less Paul. Because yeah. I liked Les Paul's, but not because of Jimmy Page or anything. I just liked the visual of it. I, did, C- I didn't, slash. for some for <laughs> reason, as a kid, I didn't make that connection between this guy's playing that guitar, so I gotta have it. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't make that connection somehow.
0: Very interesting. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Well, there's a question that we ask everybody. Martin, thank you so much for your time. You've been, been a lot of fun. This no, has been worry. super cool mm-hmm. for us. Um, so you're on tour. You go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking uh, of that, I'll tell you mine so you can think for a minute. Um, I get a Three Musketeers bar. I don't know if you have those over there, but that's a candy no, bar that we have here. It. Um, it's the most ounces for the money. My mom would say you could get any candy bar you want, so I would get the biggest one, um, the most ounces for the same The same amount. What is your snack food of choice? And we're so excited because we're hoping you say something that we don't have in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> so what is your no, snack
2: food? will it'll be – Okay, okay, maybe no, no, you actually do have it in the United States because I had it in the United States already I would probably get a uh Pellegrino canned drink, okay, okay. Yep. it's like uh like a orange juice with sparkly water yeah sparkling water type that one's kind of nice um my my favorite drink of all time it's not here right now. I don't have usually this place is full of empty bottles, but right now it is <laughs> um is is you you don't know this it's club mate
1: whoa okay. one, one
2: more time. Um, club mate it's like club mate but okay. it's actually mate it's it's a it's a kind of plant from I, th- I think latin america and it's basically it's it's sparkly tea and it's kind of bitter okay and it's my favorite drink ever i drink it all the time so well, i would get are that fascinated. for sure
1: now we'll look yeah, it up we'll we always about. love looking up stuff that we don't have here you
2: cannot so- even get it in most of germany though it's mostly in east germany and they they do not have a marketing budget so they're they're never on TV. They're or anything. It's just like a, yeah. But but they've kind of rose to fame in the last five to ten years for some reason. Yeah. Well, if it's a we, super if ever see rating. one, so we'll
1: pick it up and check it out. That Is one, that that
2: one I, that. I love. Yeah, man. Do, you guys know know Troy Grady?
0: Uh, I don't think I do. The, the okay. tracking the code guy. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, I think he's yeah. the guy who
2: does all the, the 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 slow down videos of people play of people's picking techniques. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And he so I. I went to visit him in New York one time, and he found a place for me, the one place in New York City where they sell Club Martin got it for me when I visited
1: him. That's so, cool. That's very sweet. That's so kind of cool. It's so it's really hard to
2: find in the U.S. Well, if you yeah, ever
1: come yeah. to Nashville, I have a mission. Now I have to find <laughs> this special drink, try it for myself, yeah. and have some waiting for Martin when he comes to visit. Exactly. So. exactly.
0: Thanks so much, Martin, for joining us. It's been a real treat, and our, our, our people are going to love it. Uh, we can't wait to get the episode out. Thank you, Martin, so much. Yes. Keep
1: doing what you're doing.
0: You're great thanks guys this is the great song podcast and that was martin miller oh man joining us from his beautiful home studio i'm uh, sorry you guys couldn't see how good
1: looking those guitars were good Good. night his signature guitars
0: are so gorgeous um i like i'm not in the market for new guitars anymore i'm good on guitars i don't need new guitars but his is one that i just still go every time i see it Mm, the the like teal, turquoise with the roasted maple neck. It's beautiful. mm, It's beautiful. Need it. Anyway. uh, I feel like I could carry that guitar with any outfit
1: I have and it look right. (laughs) Like I could
0: hold that guitar
1: and it's perfect for everything. Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful.
0: I tend to just, let's just go all black and then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Man, I love that guitar. Uh, Are there, do you, okay, do you think it matters? If you see somebody on stage, does it matter to you if their guitar doesn't match any of the attire or aesthetic of the band. If the if 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 you went to see the Blue Man Group, right? Everybody's wearing all black okay. and blue faces, um, and somebody has a guitar that's like bright red I, with a tortoise I, shell pickup. I notice. Pickguard. Does it
1: matter? I don't know, but I always notice. Okay. Like if I went to see Vestal Goodman and she was playing a BC Rich, I'd be like <laughs> something doesn't look right. <laughs> 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 like I would definitely pick up on that.
0: But, oh, uh, I need somebody to Photoshop that. <laughs> quickly please and thank you <laughs> wow yes um okay I, I get yeah i get that i haven't like i've definitely bought guitars with certain colors in mind thinking i want to get a neutral color uh-huh. uh, maybe that's the better way to, yeah, say, a good is, way to say it is, is should you should that be a consideration when you buy a guitar should color matter at all when you buy a guitar or does it matter you know what i mean It doesn't matter, right? We'll leave it up to you guys. Yeah, let us know. If you see somebody playing a guitar, have you ever in your life gone... I think they really should have gone with a different color. If this is going to be <laughs> their look, yeah. they should have had a different yeah.
1: color guitar. You know, um, I tell you, every time I see Clapton playing that red Strat that he mm-hmm. played on his '80s tour, yeah, it just it looks a little different because it's not blacky or that gray one that he yeah. plays. And I don't mind it. Like yeah. I like that era, Clapton. I think it looks cool. And I'd you probably him,
0: associate it with a certain sound, a certain d- set I'd, of songs. I look at that
1: and I say, oh, that's Journeyman right yeah. there.
0: That's his Journeyman guitar. Yeah. So uh, that's really interesting. That's I, I totally I totally understand what you're saying. That's interesting yeah okay that would be that would be a fun conversation we should have asked martin about that Uh, yeah right um all right we hope you've been enjoying our sort of tour of the music industry we've got another stop next week coming up Uh, until then do something for me real quick stop what you're doing right now as a matter of fact if you're about to buy a guitar stop that's a tacky color it's going to (laughs) look terrible on you (laughs) don't go pink don't yes leave the pink on the shelf uh, and stop what you're doing and go to Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Great Song Pod follow subscribe do all the things join the Facebook group Great Songs and the great people who love them greatly because we talk about a lot of our upcoming stuff there we play some games we do some giveaways um, and uh, we tend to announce new things there first so check that out if you really want to get involved with the show If you want to go the next step and be a part of helping us produce the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash great song pod. And when you do that, we can say thank you by giving you things like early release, ad free shows that are extended, uh, full blown bonus episodes that are Patreon exclusive and lots of other goodies uh, as we find ways to give things away or say thank you or make you more of a part of the show. Thank you guys so much for listening, no matter how you're listening and no matter what level of engagement you're on. If you're just finding us now, this is not a regular episode. These are between-seasons episodes. Uh, Typically, we'll go deeper, do some research on, you know, a deep dive on a song or an album uh, or even an artist and and do a lot more before the interview comes along. But uh, we're giving you these little, just little, uh, you know, just little, like, just little, like, you know, like little... (laughs) I was gonna see how long I could keep it going. I, don't, I was like, I was just waiting on JP to gonna, either break or stop me. I was like, he's stuck.
1: The record is skipping. <laughs> <laughs> you were just going to let me go. Oh, I was like, how many littles?
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're giving you these episodes as a way to spotlight some different perspectives in the music industry. And we'll be back with season 10 in just a couple weeks. My gosh, okay, season that's crazy. Coming up soon. Um, but we'll see you next week with another stop on the tour of the music industry. Until then, I'm Rob. I am Jay Fee. Go listen to some music.